Parting thoughts. I'm sorry, I thought that was your job. <laughs> the conclusion. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode 85. Wow, it's amazing. So today, we're going to be talking about long-term factors for the stock market. We're going to be kicking off the conversation with something the U.S. has not done since the founding of the country. You're going to have to stay tuned to figure out what that is. So listen to this uh, soundbite, and then we'll dig into it a little bit deeper. The U.S. has recorded its lowest rate of population growth since the nation's founding. New numbers from the Census Bureau show the population increased by just over 392,000 people in the past year. That's only 0.1 percent. The Census Bureau says a decrease in international migration, a drop in fertility, and increased mortality contributed to the slow growth. So how's that for some information? So we should also note that many experts believe the pandemic made things even worse than they might have been. You may be asking yourself, why in the world are we talking about birth rates on a financial podcast? Well, you may not know it's one of the many factors that we can use to get an idea of where the market's going to be going long-term, a stress long-term. Sometimes as investors, we can get too caught up in the here and now and not look down the road, especially during volatile periods like we're in right now. But it's important to focus on those long-term indicators because when you're investing, it's for the long-term. So today we're going to talk about demographics and how they relate to consumer spending. We're looking at birth rate trends specifically. Then we're going to put it all together for you. So, David, uh, you're a bit expert in this. You've been talking about this for years. Uh, we also have on the podcast today Eli Freeman, our newest advisor. And, you know, he, he's the young one of the group. I'm the old guy of the group. And, David, I guess you're the middle. The middle guy. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, David, let's start talking about these demographics. Yeah, absolutely. So like you uh, in the setup, Mike, as you said, uh, demographics, birth rate trends are a key indicator of where the market is going in the long term. And as you also said, Mike, I've been talking about this for, gosh, over a decade um, back uh, prior to the 2008 crash. In fact, I was warning people that, hey, if you look at birth rate trends from the early 1960s to the early 1970s, there was a, what we call the baby bust following the baby boom. And I was warning people that that was likely to uh, create a very difficult market environment in the, in the years to come. And sure enough, it played out 2008 to 2018 is what a lot of market experts today call the lost decade because of the, the obviously the major market crash that all of us pretty well remember. And then the slow, very slow, long recovery from that 2008 crash. So what do birth rate trends have to do with all of that? Well, 
70% of U.S. GDP, 70% of the total U.S. economic output comes from consumer spending. So at what age do typical, you know, does the typical consumer spend the most money? Well, mid-40s to mid-50s is the answer. Why is that, Dave? Why that late in life? we got Eli here in his 20s. I'm in my 60s. You're in your midlife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So of the three of us, who's spending the most money? We are, right? And the reason, me, my family, um, because you've got kids in college. That's a big factor. That's expensive. Uh, as, your, as your kids, as you, you know, if you think about it, when you're at Eli's stage of, the, of your career right now, just starting off, incomes maybe a little bit lower, um, but you also don't have kids yet, right? You don't have the expenses diaper. Are lower. Yeah, you don't have the, exp- the, you don't have lower expenses. You maybe don't have the, as big of a house payment as you'll have when you're, uh, you know, later in life. You don't have the diapers. You don't have the toys and the various, the, the food, the extra expense that comes along with raising a kid. And as you know, Mike, as those kids get older, their toys get more expensive. They eat more food, et cetera. They start driving cars. Start you got to pay insurance or into these, right. all these activities you got to pay for. Yeah. Cell phones. You, you, you just keep piling, keep it, piling on. it on. And so in your age group, David, that does, that's where you're going to be spending the most money, that's at least right. up until that point in life. That's right. And then what happens after those, hopefully, right? <laughs> hopefully after those kids graduate college, and you can speak to this maybe, Mike, better than I can. Well, we might not be a real good example because a lot of people say that when your kids get out of college, get married, move off, and have their own kids, they're off the payroll. Uh, it hadn't worked out yet in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, eventually the, the kids get off the payroll completely. They, they get their own jobs. Um, they've got their own lives. And so, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, after about, after about 50 to 55, probably more like 55 on average, the expenses start to decrease again. And then they tend to spike again right at the very end of life in the last few years of life due to uh, healthcare. But for the most part, if you look at a, a graph of spending by age, consumer spending by age or by household age, you would see that the spending peaks between 45 to 55 and then it declines after that. So if we know that 70% of our economy comes from consumer spending, and we know that the most households peak between 45 and 55, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you've got more people in that peak spending demographic age, you're going to have a higher GDP and therefore, as a, as a general rule of thumb, a rising stock market. Well, and most people in my generation, the baby boomer generation, you know, we had a swell of population growth during that time. Everybody coming back from the war, having children. So that's the baby boomers. I'm on the tail end of that. Now, you know, I'm not sure the numbers you're going to talk about here in a minute, David, or what it's going to look like going forward, okay? That's right. Where are we heading? Is it it looking good? Is it not looking good? Well, before we get to that, I want to also talk about, you know, what what does the immediate or the near term look like? Because a lot of people listening may not really be too concerned about what things are going to look like 45 to 55 years from now, which is what birth rate trends today tell us. So like that soundbite that we set up today's podcast with talks about, you know, how fertility rates or or population growth is the lowest that it's been since the founding of the country. That's going to have probably some negative implications 45 to 50 years down the road. But again, most people listening may not be too concerned about that. With the low birth rate and with all the... uh 
fatalities we had during COVID. Yep. I mean, our population, you know, like you said, I don't know if it shrunk, but it, it, it's not expanding like it has in the past. So it could have some detrimental effects. But again, yeah, that's, that's right. 40 that's years right. down the road. That's right. So in the, you know, in the more near term, and by the way, I should have mentioned we're going to have uh, in the show notes, we're going to uh, attach some links that you can use to, to pull up these birth rate trends yourself so you can see for yourself what we're looking at. But you can clearly see where the baby boom uh, peaked right around 1961 or so. And from 1961 to about 1973 to 75, birth rates just went down every year. It's what we call the baby bust. Everybody's familiar with the baby boom, mid mid 30s to mid 40s until about 1960 or so birth rates skyrocketed then the baby bust 1960 or so to 1973 or five or so um, that is what i was referring to earlier that i was warning people about uh prior to the 2008 crash and sure enough it you know it it played out um the good news is from 1973 to 75 to about 1990 uh, birth rates, we, we have what we call the echo boom. Birth rates went up, uh, you know, year over year for, for some time. Then there's a little bit of a, a dip from 1990 to 1997, and then an increase again through about 2007. So what does that mean for today? Well, if you add, you know, 45 years on to 1973, uh, you get, what is that, uh, 2018. So from 2018 to, and if you add 45 years on to 1990, you get 2035. So from 2018 to 2035, if you're just looking at demographics alone, you would anticipate that we're going to have a, the, the general trend of the market and the economy should be going up. However, you know, there are other factors to consider, right, Eli? Yeah, it's, it's important to keep in mind, this is one of the many factors that could be impacting our economy. There, there's a lot of indicators that, that the experts in the market look at, whether that's business growth, population growth, housing, things along those lines. But there's also, there can be what we've seen in the past, extraneous circumstances that in the short term can, can cause effect on the market. Coronavirus, for example, or wars, things along those lines. Those can, those can have significant impact on the economy. But as of now, there are no extraneous circumstances other than the coronavirus. And we've already experienced the, the drop and we're, we're, we're coming into a stable part. And to add to that, Eli, we're talking about the U.S. We also have to keep in mind what's going on in the world. Uh, so those things can affect uh, our economy as well. Right. And just to kind of further echo this point, um, you know, if you just looked at birth rate trends, I talked about the baby boom years, you would have predicted a solidly growing U.S. economy from about 1980 all the way through about 2005. Um, that pretty well was the overall trend if you look at it but there with one pretty major exception from 2000 to 2002 i think it was or maybe 2003 you had the dot-com bubble which many people remember and the market went through a pretty significant correction over those over the that three-year period so to your point eli and mike uh there are definitely other factors that have to be considered but demographics is in my opinion in my experience probably the most powerful long-term indicator of where where markets may be headed and i i think with with regards to investing you, you're going to need the peace of knowing hey up until 2035 what we believe could be an indicator is is strong because right. if you're sitting there and you're invested in 2000 and the market drops like it did 
if you have a little bit of peace behind you knowing, okay, I can stay in here, my strategies are fine, let's, let's just work through this, then that's gonna be an important mindset that you can have peace with your finances. That's right. And we're also talking about investing. And when we're investing, we talk about money in the market for a minimum of five years. And so, right. David, based what you're talking about, from now till 2035, it looks like a positive trend. Now, are we going to have some dips? Absolutely. We're going through them right now. And that's why we hedge too, right? Exactly. But for the long term, at least through 2035, what we see now, we see positive trends. So if you're in the market and you're going to stay in the market, you need to stay in the market. You don't want to be timing it, jumping in and out. Don't attempt to do that. Time in the market, more important than timing the market. Okay, so David, great information. Eli, good, good comments. So what do the listeners need to do? Well, I think Eli kind of hit on it, which is uh, stick with your investment strategy, right? Um, and I would, I would tell you that that would be the case even if uh, the demographic news was bad. We might have a slightly different strategy for uh, clients if if we were looking at a different demographic trend than what we have right now. But if you think about it, the way the way we manage portfolios for our typical retiree or near retiree client here at Mach One is we'll have, you know, maybe a third to up to half of the money in a zero risk type of investment, typically an index annuity, and the other half to two thirds of the money we'll typically have in a portfolio of good, of strong stocks that we feel like have strong upside potential, but yet we still hedge for that unknown risk of what may go wrong. So based on demographic trends, we would expect that equity portion of the portfolio to have good growth for the foreseeable future into the 2030s. Um, and, um, and if we're wrong, that's why we hedge and that's why we've got that third or, or so in a zero risk annuity. And, of course, David, you would add to this, it's going to be different for everybody. I mean, Eli's goals for his retirement may look different than mine because he has a longer runway than I do. So the choices we would make, the strategies we would use would be tailored to the individual. And David just gave some potential options that we are we could use. The, the news I think people should hear is, hey, you know what, Mach 1, we're not just listening at the – news of the day and what the market did yesterday or tomorrow we're looking long term and that's what investing is all about long term all right so you've heard a lot today about birth rates and where we think the economy is going big picture is you should have a strategy you should have a plan and you should stick with your plan regardless of what the news says because it looks long term at least through 2035 we should see a positive trend doesn't mean you won't see dips but the trend should be positive. If you have any questions about that, we're always here to help you out. Okay, we'd like to end each podcast with the thought of the day. And today, the thought of the day comes from Richie Norton. He's an author. And it says, intentional living is the art of making our own choices before others' choices make us. Intentional living is the art of making our own choices before others' choices make us. Well, that's it for the Mach 1 Market Moment today. We're glad you joined us. If you like this, please give us a like, uh, share it with someone, let them hear about it. Uh, If you have any questions, we'd love to hear about those as well. Hope you have a great day, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment.
Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak to your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit mach1financial.com disclosures.